Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Spook Notes podcast, where we get academic about everything that goes bump in the night. My name is Connor, and this is Bob. And today we're going to be talking about our top five horror medias of 2021. Yep. Yes, I am just kidding, by the way. I am not Connor. This is Marlena. <laughs> and then Connor is right here, and he's not Bob. Hello. Hello. Um, okay, so... Top five movies of the year, our annual best of the year podcast. This is, in many ways, one of my favorite podcasts to do every year. Do you feel the same? It's a nice uh, recap of the year, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel it's like the good. whole le- the whole year leads up to this. I keep a list all year of all the movies and everything we watch. Um, That's good that you do that because I definitely don't do that. Well, I do it for this purpose. I didn't even realize Just some for of this, this shit podcast. came out in twenty twenty one. It's I've I've blinked. It's been a year. Holy smokes! I mean, well, <laughs> time needs to slow down <laughs> before we. I don't know, did you want to do this now, or did you want to do it maybe at the end? Like, overall thoughts on the year, or should we do this at the end? You know what? Let's do it at the beginning. Okay, so do you have some overall feelings, thoughts, opinions, reactions, emotions about horror in 2021? I Okay, I thought this year was interesting. It was interesting. There was diversity in terms of the horror that we saw. I think it was more unique than what's been in the past. And uh, I think uh, I think I liked it. I think it did a pretty good damn good job. Okay. Yeah, what about you? But what do you mean by unique and diversity and all that stuff? Well, I feel like as we continue to talk through this, we're... Uh, uh, don't you worry, I'll explain. Okay. Yeah, wow. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think it was an, it was an interesting year, because we're now in year two of COVID, obviously. Uh, 2021 was, like, the first year, and now this. And I feel like it was weird because, like, for part of the year, like, theaters and stuff were still locked down, and then for, like, the summer and stuff, they were open, and they're still open now, but now they're back to limited capacities and well, things now, like Well, now that. you can't even buy popcorn. Yeah. Like, who thought of this idea? So it was, it was weird, because when I was looking at my list and I was kind of reviewing everything, obviously it goes chronologically, just starting from the first time we watched all the way to the most recent. Um... You can tell, like, when, like, the theaters started opening up again, because there was a spike in the movies at a certain time. Like, we watched a lot of movies in the summer, well, whereas yeah. we didn't too much in the in the winter and spring as much. Well, because I'm thinking they kicked it off by starting to open up drive-ins. Yeah. And then they slowly, you know, integrated regular movie theaters. Yeah, and we, we should also mention, as I'm sure you guys know, uh, for those of you who do listen, or have listened before... Me and Marlena are in Canada where there was, like, a little bit more restrictions throughout the year and things changed and kind of went up and down a little bit. Because um, last year, obviously, was a year where there was, like, less movies to see in theaters, like, less big-budget movies. And this year, there was a few big-budget movies and then still a few smaller stuff as it was kind of a mix of everything. Yep. Like, watching stuff on streaming medias like Shudder versus, like, again, going to the theaters to see the big-budget stuff. There you go. Hands yeah. down. Diversity. Mm-hmm. Right? Just a little bit of mix of everything. Yeah. But yeah, like as Connor said, you know, we live in Canada, so we live in caves now. We actually don't have access to internet. Um, <laughs> we only ride moose to get in and out of town to gather supplies. So COVID has been definitely very hard on 
all of us uh, northerners for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm we 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 can kind of I guess talk more about the year as we go through, unless you have any other specific thoughts right now. Nope. And then maybe we'll do like again a review near the end. Um, okay, so yeah, so like we do every year, this is, we're going to give our top five movies of the year. They're independent lists, so I have my top five, Marlena has her top five. We're going to go back and forth, going from five to one. Wait, wait, is this like the... Okay. I know you like to put things in order. Mine are in order. Fuck me. Mine aren't in order. Are you serious? I'm dumb. We always do ours in order. Yes, but I'm old now, okay? The pandemic has withered away, withered away my brain. Listen, they're all good. So you have in no order. Oh, fuck me. I don't know. I guess I could put it in some form of an order. Okay, well, here. Why don't I go first? Fine. And then you think about your order of your top five, okay? Alrighty. Okay. So, yeah. So we're going to give our top five. And then we're going to talk about some honorable mentions. Um, and then we'll probably do some disappointments while we're looking forward to next year. Again, and recap as we go through. Does that sound like a good plan? Sounds excellent. I'm still ordering. Okay. <laughs> so, do you want me to start with my number five, or should we start with honorable mentions? Uh, no, I think honorable mentions, mentions should come right before number one. You know, come to break it up. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So, you want me to start with my number five? Indubitably, yes. Okay. So, my number five, so my fifth favorite movie of 2021, uh, was Candyman. Was it? The reboot. Um, Directed by Nia DaCosta. Um, somewhat, I guess, based on the original story, but very different, I feel like, from the... Uh, I forget what year. I want to say 93 film. Uh, I could be wrong about that. But yeah, the reboot, probably... Um, well, I don't know if this is a spoiler for the rest of my list in a way, but probably the biggest budget movie on, on my list... Um, one that I feel like was highly anticipated. I remember midway through the year we did our kind of movies that we're looking forward to list, and this was one that was on there for both of us. And I definitely don't think it disappointed. I thought it was very effective. Um, it was it was my kind of horror movie because it had really effective scares, good like almost like a body horror thing with the main character turning into Candyman essentially after he was bitten by the bee. But then also social commentary about um, what it's like to be a black person in America right now, um, and a lot of good kind of insights and things like that. And obviously, the original story was like that, and kind of relating it in a different way, but from a black perspective, because it was written and directed by a black person. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I thought it was just really, really good. I thought it was, again, visually striking, and I think that they did something that I liked, which is leaning into the idea of... Um, the painter aspect of Candyman, because in the original, the Candyman, when he was alive, he was a painter, but then he was killed by the white mob, uh, and in this, the main character is a painter, so it really brings an interesting visual aspect to the movie, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was all around a good film. I think the ending was really impactful. Uh, the acting, the writing, the direction was all really good. Um, and like I said, it was just something that I think a lot of people were really anticipating, because, you know, we tied it to that original film, but it was still different in a lot of ways. Because of that new black focus or black perspective, I thought, added to a lot of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I would agree. Now, I don't know if I'm 
should I talk about this movie? I'm assuming Candyman's probably on your list, too. Well, Connor, only time will tell. (laughs) Okay, well, no, we we can talk about it more later, but that's kind of my main thoughts, and then maybe we'll break it down more and have a little bit more of a discussion, because I can't remember, did we do a first reactions episode to Candyman? I don't think we did. I don't know. I don't think we did. Um, so, okay, maybe let's talk about it more when it shows up on your list. But, yeah, so my number five for the year was uh, Candyman. Wonderful. My number five was not Candyman. <laughs> my number five was the movie Old by M. Night Sham- Shyamalan. <laughs> and I really like this movie. You know, okay, it had a lot of hype for me with the trailers and everything. And I was like, wow, this looks like a donked movie. Like, I was, like, really, really excited to see it. I don't think you appreciated the ending, if I remember. No, I, I, the ending ruined it for me. It's, I'll give, I'll just say it. You it's not on my list. It's not even in my honorable mentions. I did not like it as much as you did. Interesting. I, I just thought it had a really unique concept to it. Like, it was, you know, okay, so this family, they go on vacation to this beach, and... Basically, the underlying underlying story is the fact that you have this group of scientists that is coming up with some form of specialized cocktail that they give people, and oh, what was it? It was like to cure cancer or something. Well, they're of just, well, the, well, they're trying. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to find medicines to save people by basically experimenting with people on this beach where they grow old really quickly. Yes. Uh, but we don't find this out till the end of the movie. <laughs> yes, yes, but but that's the thing. It's just like okay, the ending wasn't like the best ending I ever saw. But I think the movie as a whole for me just was very interesting because it shows like you're just speeding up the process of aging. And I think one of the most interesting parts of the movie is when the daughter is like, ha- she, I think she gives birth and. It's only, like, the baby's alive 20 seconds or something and then just dies because of, like, you know, the amount of attention because everything is, like, hyper sped up, right? So what would have been 20 seconds could have been, like, a couple months, right? So it's just, like, stuff like that really, it makes you stop and think. Like, I just thought it was a really interesting movie. It it was visually appealing. Um, It had a pretty good score, I would say. And I just really, I don't know, enjoy his style of directing. So nice. And I feel like, I mean, you, uh, well, because you work in in the field related to old people and stuff, you have an interest in those themes and things like that, right? Yes. (laughs) Old people and stuff. (laughs) The field of geriatrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yes. Um, Yeah. I have a soft spot spot for the elderly. What can I say? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I didn't like this movie. Like, I thought it was, like, incredibly mediocre. <laughs> like, I thought it was just really right down the line for me. No. And then, and then I, you know what, I, I, there was parts of the movie I, I did like, I will admit that, but, yeah, in my opinion, the ending kind of ruined it. I really didn't like the ending. I thought he should have just left it ambiguous. That would have been a lot more yes, effective. Yes, I agree with you. If I could change any one thing about the movie, I, w- I would have left it, like, unknown. Like, like why is this exactly. happening? But... I just thought it was interesting. It was unique. And, like, I was really, really excited to see this film. And it was yep. probably the most, like, well, one of the most memorable of the year for me. So. And it was the first movie we watched um, back in the theaters. I, re- I do remember that. Yes. That yep. is correct. Mm-hmm. 
Very good. Wonderful. Cool beans. All right. Mo- so moving forward. Number four. Number four. So my number four for the year was uh, the Night House. Interesting. Do you have this on your list? I, I you can't don't want to say. I can't tell you. All right. Well, the Night House. Um, for me, and I always think about, like, my list in different ways. So, obviously, it's number four, so I liked it a lot, but it is not my favorite of the year. However, I will say, I do think it is the scariest movie I saw this year. I will give it that prize. Even though I have three movies that I liked above it, um, I think this one was my, was the scariest movie I saw. It was definitely the movie that I, that got me the most physical reaction Hmm. out of it, um, that we saw in theaters. And again, we saw this one in theaters. Um, and I wasn't, you know, I didn't really know too much about this movie before we went in. I remember that. Like, we saw the trailer, and again, I think we discussed it on our one preview episode, but I still didn't really know too much about it going in, what the actual story was. And I was surprised at how much I liked it, I th- how well-written I thought it was. It had a lot of twists and turns, but it told a really just good story about this woman um, who's going through the loss of her husband, and then just all this kind of stuff happens, and it felt, it felt very Stephen King, in my opinion, mm-hmm. which is a compliment <laughs> for, coming from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I also just was also surprised by the amount of kind of themes in it, the things we had to talk about. I remember in the car ride home from the movie, we were talking about it, and we were saying things like, you know, how much is about grief and loss and depression but also like mental illness and those kinds of things and it had a lot of heavy themes that I think lent itself well to conversation Mm -hmm. and again we didn't do a reaction episode to it but it is definitely a movie that I feel like warrants for the discussion and I would would want to see again because I think it would be good for a podcast um, because it has a lot to say I feel like and again, I think it was so high on my list because when I was going back and thinking about the movies, it was just the one that really kind of surprised me by how good it was. Because I wasn't, I was like thinking, okay, is this horror movie? The trailers look pretty good, but I don't really know what to expect. It should be fine. But I was shocked by how much I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And again, again, I, I do think it is the one that scared me the most. A lot of really effective scares uh, in this movie. A lot of really, really creepy things with uh, architecture. And things like that. Yes, and symmetry. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I do... Yeah. What I do remember about the movie is, like, the phone stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, when she's getting calls from, like, her deceased husband. Like, I think that part really kind of spooked me. I was like, ooh, Like, you know, what if that happened to you? Like, if you had, you know, someone in your family or friends, like, pass and you received a call. Like, it's just kind of... Like... Yes, you'd obviously want to hear their voice again because you miss them and stuff, but, like, would you? Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of, like, eerie, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, another thing I did like about that movie as well was, like, it also kind of, you know, looks at real-world fears, like, the idea that, like, of, of loss, but then when you lose somebody, because she also then, after he dies, learns so many new things about him. Yes. And it's just, like... What if the person that you thought you knew wasn't actually the person? Yes. You know? Yes, I did. And what does that mean? How does that affect your memory of that person? Because it almost taints it in a way. Like, yeah. Or tarnishes it, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So, again, I, I think that there was... It's so high on my list. And of the... And because I think... I looked at the amount of movies we saw, and I think it was something like 40. Uh, so, it, I do consider it so high just because I think it was the perfect combination of... 
I wasn't expecting it to be this good. It was actually really effectively scary, but its story also had a lot of deeper themes to it that I, I was really impressed by. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Solid choice. Solid choice. Again, mine was not that. <laughs> My number four is actually not a movie at all. Um, it was a show that was actually, or still is, on Netflix, I believe. So it's the Cecil Hotel. Oh, the documentary. The documentary. I love a good documentary, especially when it's like murder, mystery, spooky kind of shit. I love that stuff so, so much. And I rem- when, when I was watching this with, with you, mm-hmm. I was like captivated. I, it was broken up into like a series, essentially. Like, there I think was, it was a few episodes. Yeah. And uh, hands down, I could have binged them all in like one day. Mm. I love that kind of stuff. I, I find the story very interesting because it has many different layers. Like, basically, the CISO Hotel is a real place in Los Angeles. So it's stationed very close to or on Skid Row, which is, you know, one of the most... One of the poorest. Poorest neighborhoods in long, uh, long-term care. Holy fuck, I can't get work off the brain. Mm. Um, L.A. And, yeah, and it talks about, you know, some of the murders that had happened there, ha- happened there, drug abuse, alcoholism, and then, like, what was the whole reason and story behind uh, Elisa Lamb, who was the girl who went missing, one of many people who went missing, but more specifically, her body was actually recovered in the water tank that was above the hotel, and they actually discovered her whereabouts based off um, the drinking water. There was a whole bunch of complaints that, that went through to management about the water being discolored, it having a funny smell, a funny taste, and then when they went up to go discover, like, the, you know, what's going on with the water, that's how they recovered her body. And then they're just like, well, has she been murdered? Was it a suicide? Like, aliens? Like, who knows, right? And it's just, like, this whole thing surrounding this this girl, who's actually, she's Canadian, and... It's just, it was just very, very Well, then there's the whole thing with the video footage they found around. Yes. And they're, I remember they're trying to, like, debunk, like, the, like, how does this even work in the elevator? And it's just, I love stuff like that. I like to get to the bottom of a good mystery. I enjoy a good puzzle. So I found this particular show, this series, like, it's just really captivating. So it's my number four pick. Yeah, this is a good doc. Yeah. Good doc. <laughs> Ten out of ten. Um, yeah, because it, it also kind of reminded me of, I think, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before when we had Unsolved, Unsolved Mysteries. Mysteries, yes! Uh, I love that show. Like, they should make more episodes. I'm sure they will. Like, I'm, I know it's, like, very, like, morbid to think about. Like, all this, like, awful stuff happening to these people. Like, really, it truly, truly is. And my heart goes out to, like, any of the families, you know, and people that are affected by this. But it's really interesting. I, it's just... You try to figure it out. You try to play the detective when you're watching this. Like, well, did they consider this? Like, what about this? And, like, I like that. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good doc. Good doc. Good doc. So that was your number four? Number four. Okay. Sweet. Uh, okay, so my number three, then, moving into number three. Uh, <laughs> my number three film of the year uh, is 
Willy's Wonderland. That's my number three pick, too. <laughs> is it? Yes, it is. There we go. Now we can openly talk about this. Um, I love this movie. Yeah, it was fucking so, great. Remember when I was saying, and when I was talking about my number four, when I was saying it had a lot to say, and it was really effective, scary, and I think the writing and the acting was all great, and it was just a really well done, serious horror movie? Yeah, Willy's Wonderland does not like that. No, <laughs> Willy's Wonderland is like, you know. It just comes from the soul. Yeah. Like, really, there isn't thought put behind this at all. It's just, just go with what if, you know. Like, let's put it this way. If the night house is, like, a really well-done steak that you have with some potatoes and a nice fancy glass of wine, then Willy's Wonderland is the... It's like the um, hot Cheetos that you get out of a vending machine. <laughs> exactly. It's the... It's the... <laughs> it's the nacho cheese on your shitty movie theater nachos that you eat. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's great. But I, that's the thing. We both love it, clearly. I mean, how do you even describe this movie? All I can describe, and like, when I was describing it to people at work, I just said, you know, if you like Nick Cage... Which we both do. Which we both do. Basically, this movie's about Nick Cage playing some pinball, getting <laughs> sloshed on beer. and Doesn't he, say a word. Doesn't say a word and is just a janitor and like, uh, like a kid's... Like what is it? Establishment. So, yeah, I, guess. I mean, it's like it's like a playoff of uh, it's essentially Five a playoff Night of Fred. Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah. where which is in itself also a parody of Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, um, where it's a children's restaurant that has all the animatronic animals in it. In this case, it's a what is the main one? What is Willie again? I think he's like, like a, a ro- rat or something. Or something yeah, like something that. like that. And they all come to life and they're evil and they want to murder people because they have the souls of like all these serial killers inside them. Um, well, it had something to do with the... Okay, so Willie, I believe, is, like, one of the guys that were in the town or something like that. But he that. was in... I guy who owned it, right? Yeah, and then he, like, got, like, possessed or what, Or, like, he possessed the animatronic. Yeah, yeah. And then he recruited all his, like, little demon buddies. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just Nicolas Cage fighting animatronic puppets incredibly violently... Um, and I mean, obviously it's very, it's supposed to be very funny and it's very low budget and very stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just like a shit ton of fun. Like, I don't know how you can't have fun watching this movie. Like, um, all the over the top violence action, the jokes, I think actually really land. Like there's a lot of times I feel like I like laughed out loud. Oh yeah. Hands down. And like, I think what makes it extra funny for me is the fact that Nicolas Cage like didn't say anything. Like, hardly anything. <laughs> and it was like, he just, like, grunted around and drank beer. That must have been a really a- easy day of filming. I mean, I, I mean, like, I think, like, we, like we said, we both love Nicolas Cage, and I think it's because he is so wacky and he does all this crazy shit, but it seems to always work. Like, you always believe his characters. A hundred percent, because he plays himself. Let's be real. Yeah, it's very, he plays it very straight. Yes. Um... Yeah, and it's just, I don't know, it's just over the top, it's just awesome, like, it's, like, here's the thing, like, again, going back to the, like, the comparison, like, The Night House, again, as I, feel, I feel like a movie that I want to watch again and discuss, this is just a movie that you just get a bunch of people together, have some drinks, and just have fun with it, yeah. honestly, and, and that's okay, you know what, like, it doesn't need, to, the all these movies don't need to be, like, cinematic masterpieces, this is just a really, really fun film that I think... I think any horror fan would enjoy and just have a good time with. A hundred percent. I agree. This movie slaps. 
10 out of 10. I mean, honestly, like, again, I, we don't really have much to say except for just, you just, just have to go watch it. Yeah, just watch it. Just, like, you just go watch I it. I was pretty much recommending this movie to almost everyone at work. But then I was like, well, maybe not everyone would like it. If you but... like <laughs> horror movies and you like dumb Stupid movies to movies. laugh with, that's what you gotta watch. Yeah. It's definitely I mean, the best example of that this year. I mean, okay, I'm just looking at other works um, recently done by Nicolas Cage. Like, you know, the movie Mandy. That was, like, I'm pretty sure your top movie of... It was one of my top. I think it was my number two of yeah. 2018. But that's a movie that's very different, and I love Mandy for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, but even, like, the acting in that, especially closer to the end where he's, like, wielding a sword. Like, Well, I was going to say, there's also a lot of comparisons... Not, like, plot-wise, but just in terms of Nicolas Cage that you can make to the other Nicolas Cage movie we saw this year, uh, Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Yeah. Which is a fun movie. I didn't yeah. put it on my list uh, because I didn't like it as much, but it was still fun. And there's a lot of fun, dumb moments in that as well. Well, yeah, and even, like, you know, the other movie was, like, A Color from Out of Space. Like, I think his acting was a little bit more reserved in that one. But, like, I don't know, like, okay... Yes, Nicolas Cage is a shitty actor. He really is. But I think he's kind of accepted that and made it his own. <laughs> and I respect that. Like, if I had the opportunity to meet Nicolas Cage, I would fucking do it. I'd be so happy. I will say, going also back to Prisoners of a Ghostland, which came out this year, um, that had probably the funniest moment in any movie I saw this year. The one that had me laughing out loud the loudest. Wait, the right theaters. at the beginning with the... Like, he drops his towel or something like that, and the girls are like, oh No, no, no. When he gets his one nut blown off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That movie's so funny. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, yeah, that's a great... That's another great movie. We should so, watch that. We should watch, yeah, it's a good Christmas movie, I feel like. <laughs> Family movie. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, Willy's Wonderland. Definitely check it out. Just get a bunch of your friends over. COVID safe. But, yeah, it's a great movie. There you go. So that was your number three as well. Number three. So do you want me to go to my number two or do you want to do your number two then? Uh, I'll do my number two. Okay. Okay. So my number two was Fear Street 1978. <laughs> uh, so that was my number two as well. Holy shit. But I did, I just did like, I just put Fear Street. You bastard! I thought we had to pick one, like one of the three. So we we did do the Fear Street episode, right? On this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I changed. And we both fine. said that that was our favorite, but I just said Fear Street in general. Okay. Fine. Fine. Fear Street general. Good. I'm good with that. We can talk about this. Okay. Yeah. Great. So Fear Street was your favorite. Yeah. Um, Why okay. You I, go first. Well, okay. I like this because um, I don't know. Maybe these like broken up series are just what gets me hooked. Like, because it leaves you on, like, like an edge, right? Like, it leaves you, like, hooked onto the onto the series there. Um, I thought it was interesting because, like, it has, like, a few different eras. So, like, you have... The first one is 1994, so it's all, like, you know, 90s, like, kind of, like, vibes going on. Whether that's, like, the whole, like, fashion or the technology and just, like... Also, like, relaying it to almost, like, a Scream kind of esqueness, mm -hmm. um, And then you go to the second one, which is, I mean, our personal fave, uh, 1978. And it just, like, really throws it back to, like, the whole, like, you know, 80s slasher kind of vibe. It makes me... Very Friday the 13th. Exactly. And like, Slip Boy Camp. Yeah, like, 2AT. Like, I think that's why I like it so, so much. Um, and then you have the third one, which is, uh, Fear Street 
1666, which is like the origin story of Sarah Fear. And then that's like where it all starts and like where it, you know, well, it, it kind of connects it back to uh, 1994, like in the end, but like it gives like a good origin story. I don't know. I just like this because A, it has like, like they, they perfectly encapsulate the time periods there like hands down and like I think that's why I like it is like we're we're ha we're following the same story um just from a different perspective each time and then just in a different kind of like decade and mm -hmm. I like that I like that it's good so you can see how things change how they started and like how the characters grow up to be and like how their personalities kind of evolve and like it's all in all good mm -hmm. I, I I really really like this mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I mean, well, hey, you, if you want to hear more about our thoughts on Fear Street, we have a whole episode about it. But for me, I think the reason I put it so high was just because I feel like it was one of the most unique things I saw this year. Because yeah. the way they did it, their approach to it, as in, it is, you could almost kind of watch it as three separate movies. Yes. But then they all interconnect and, and they're all done in a unique way. And I remember, like, again, this kind of is similar to The Night House is in that I was surprised by how much I liked it because... When I'd heard it was coming out, I was like, oh, Fear Street, like, that's all I was dying, but I never really watched or read the Fear Street books. So, eh, I don't really, I don't really care that much. But then I was surprised again by how much I liked it when I actually sat down to watch it, and I liked how it did pay homage to the older horror movies. But also the thing I also really appreciated is that it really leaned into the nostalgia factor in how they made it, and like you were saying, the technology and clothing, but also in the fact that it was. It is a series meant for adults. Like oh, it is very adult, very bloody, very yeah. violent, very vulgar, very sexual. Um, well, and that's kind of what Fear Street was. Well, like, but not even to that extreme. Like no. it, this movie definitely took the books to the next extreme. Because I'm pretty sure it's R-rated, right? The books? No, no. Oh, the like, the TV next. show for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because like obviously you have Goosebumps, which is all like lighthearted kid fun. Then you go to Fear Street, which is more like adolescence. It's like, it's like I would say, like 14, 15. Yeah, and then here you go to this stuff, which is like rated 18 plus. 18 plus but I mean, I don't know. Even <laughs> for me, it was a little extreme. I was like, oh boy, I don't know if I can handle this shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did like, again, that they leaned into that. Because if you think about it... That's how the generation grew up. Well, right? exactly. And I, and I think if you think about it, like, nostalgia, like... If you are going to make thing, something nostalgic and make, like, again, those 90 kids watch it, you have to also realize that those 90 kids are now in their 20s, like us, and so they can handle that, and so they did, like, make it for our age group, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and I respect that. I, I like when, you know, TV shows or movies, like, give, a, like, a subtle nod to people that have, like essentially grown up with them mm -hmm. i like that like i think like of like stranger things but yes. stranger things is a slightly more kid friendly because it yes. doesn't have the same level of violence no but definitely there's like hands down like stranger kids vibe mm -hmm. like or stranger kids stranger, stranger things, things vibe <laughs> um to it which i i like that i like the whole like kind of 80s ish but like mm -hmm. you know early 90s, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. I liked yeah. it. And again, I think that it's just a really good movie and you don't really need to have watched, or sorry, read the book um, to like the movie because I've never read it and it doesn't really have anything to do with the books. Like, it doesn't really, it's not really based on any specific book or anything. Yeah. It's just, it's its own story 
taking kind of themes and stuff from the Fear Street books, but... Uh, I, I can't remember if they ended on... I'm pretty sure they did. Ended to a point where it was almost, like, hinting at a sequel. Well, yeah, definitely, because, like, there was, like, that book where yeah. the uh, magic originally came from, and then we see, there's, like, I think, like, a post credit scene where we see the book get stolen, but we don't know who by. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see if, like, they, they do, do another s- one. Yeah, that would be good. But they have to, like, make it unique as well. And I think, and I think you also... You don't want to do it again and just be over, you know... Or at least, like... Redundant. Or at least, like, look at different eras yes. in horror. Like, if they did, like, something in the 2000s, if it was almost kind of like... Because the big thing in the 2000s was maybe, like... Saw. Torture porn, yeah. Yeah. Um, or, like, even taking it farther back and they did something, like... 1930s. Yeah, like, gothic, maybe, even. Like, something like that. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many different things you could do with it. Exploring, like, different eras of horror. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Maybe 2022 will be good to us and uh, provide us with more good things to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. All right, sweet. So, I guess we're both going into our number. Oh, or should we do honorable mentions first? Yeah, we should do the honorable okay, mentions. Okay, hold on. I got to fi- put up my honorable mentions. I got four. I got four of them. I was going to only okay, put Okay, I only got a few. Okay. I only got two. Okay. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say all four. Okay. So, I have... In my honorable mentions, uh, The Stand TV series. Okay. Um, this was this was good. I, I, I liked it, but it wasn't, like, as good as I thought it would be. Um, I read the book uh, actually going into the pandemic, which was really funny. Because um, I was like, holy shit, I gotta be more careful about what I read because it's coming to reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of things I didn't like. About the TV show, like, I don't know. We I did guess, an episode on that, right? Yeah, yeah, we did, and I think we went more in-depth, but it just, it was okay, that's what I would say. But it, it was good, because I like Stephen King, and it it's a nice, you know, visual visual representation of, like, what I had read. We didn't get a lot of Stephen King stuff this year. Mm-hmm. I know we had, a, there was a few other series, like, there was one um, based on the book Lisey's Story, and then there was, like, a Salem's Lot prequel. But yeah, we didn't get a lot of Stephen King this year. Oh, well, that's okay. Um, another one on my honorable mentions list was the movie Candyman. Okay. Um, so it actually did not, oh shit, maybe that's, okay. It did not make my, my top five. five. Um, I thought it was good, um, not good enough that it made a super big impact for me. I do appreciate, like, a good, you know, remake, and I definitely feel like this year was, like, the year of remakes, in a way. Um... It was alright. Well, that's just going to continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, another honorable mention for me was uh, VHS 1994. That's a good one. Yeah, so I actually really, really enjoy the VHS movies. Um, but they're not, like, super standout-ish to me. And they're maybe, just kind of a good, fun scale. Yeah, like, maybe it's just because, like, since they are anthology, it's not, like... A little harder to remember. Yeah, because, like, every every story is, like, maybe, like, what, half an hour? Not even. Like, yeah. 20, 20 minutes-ish. So it's not, like, enough to make that much of a... Impact. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, last honorable mention to me. And this one was hard, because I almost put it in my top five, but I did not in the end. Was the movie Lamb. Okay. I, I like this movie... I feel like me and you have very similar feelings. Yeah. Like, I, I really like this movie. I just thought there could be more. Yes. I, I agree. I th- 
I was disappointed by it, not because I thought it was a bad movie, but because I thought it was going to be so much more. I thought it was going to be a straight up fucking horror movie. And it was, it was not what I expected. And you know what? That's okay. Like a movie doesn't have to be what you expect it to be, but yeah. it wasn't maybe what I was hoping it was going to yeah. be. But I mean, I did put it on my honorable mentions because like it was a movie, like if I'm to look back in 2021, that's definitely a movie that stands out. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kept saying like, it's unique. Like, as opposed to the rest of the movies I saw, it stands out. Where, where, what other movie can I think of where this lady, she, like, adopts this half-lamb, half-human child and raises <laughs> this child up? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't really think of many, so it's pretty and it was unique. And it was a unique story just for me because, like, I mean, it was, like, filmed in Iceland. It was all spoken in Icelandic, so I think from that perspective it was kind of unique. Um, and I liked all the visuals in the movie as well. I just, yeah, it just didn't land perfectly for me. So that's yeah. why, yeah, it wasn't yeah. Okay, I got a couple honorable mentions, and I'm glad because we don't have any of the same ones. Yep. Um, one honorable mention that I will point out, um, is, uh, the movie Caveat, which... Oh, yes. ...was just another movie that honestly really scared me. What was that movie about again? So it was the one where... There's the guy who gets hired to go to an island to babysit. Oh, yes, yes, the yes. The mute girl. Yes, and he's, like, in, like, a chain. Chain. Okay. That movie is... It's one of the ones where I just... I put it so high, I do really like it because just of how fucking creepy it is. Like, that is that is a true horror movie, and that movie is really scary. And there is a part near the end of that movie that I was, like... I'm a, I feel like I'm a pretty hardened horror fan, but I was, like... Almost watching it through my fingers, I was really scared which and on par- edge. Which part was that? It was well. I don't want to spoil anything, but well, the... spoil it if you listen to he, listen to me, folks. If you don't want this spoiled, then you, turn this off and watch the movie and then resume. Go ahead. Um, it was the part where he was like through, going through the pipes essentially, and then going down to the basement, and there's the corpse. Oh yeah. Oh thinks... yeah, I remember that. That's just like sitting there and it's just like holy but then, shit. And then it's not sitting dead, there. Dead bodies are scary. Because there was it's also fucking terrifying. Because that was also my favorite section of VHS nineteen ninety four, the part with the dead body. Yes. In the yes. Home. I, okay, wait, going back to this. I loved that, that segment. segment. Like that in itself, I mean okay. If that was made into a larger movie, like, I think that it wouldn't would, be as effective. It wouldn't be as effective. I think it's just short snippets, but it almost made me think of, like, the autopsy of Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but there's something, for me, really terrifying about funeral homes and just the whole, like, funerary practice. For a person who's a huge horror fan, I don't know why that, like, really just turns me off. Like, mm-hmm. to the point where I almost feel, like, sick thinking about it but like just the fact that this like man had like was like moving in his coffin i was like holy shit like mm. heebie-jeebies all the way so um yeah what were we talking about the movie caveat oh yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> no but uh well, yeah i mean that's another scary one but yeah caveat if you just want to see it just a straight up really scary movie yeah that's a good one um another honorable mention um I saw Last Night in Soho, which is the one directed by Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. It was good. It wasn't quite as good as I was hoping it would be, but it was a very visually interesting movie, and I give it major points for that. And then my last honorable mention is a movie I still want you to see, and I'm not going to say too much about it, because this movie might have been the most interesting movie I saw this year. Mm-hmm. And it's because the movie 
is terrible, but I think it was a prank. Like, I think it was a big joke, a prank, and I'm interested in learning the backstory in years to come and the true story behind this movie, and it's malignant. Oh, for goodness sake. That movie was awful, but it was amazing for me to watch because... I think James Wan purposefully made a bad movie. Like, he's and being meta for a Essentially. Reason? And oh, it's okay. like a throwback to bad B-movies of, like, the 80s and stuff. And of, like, the early 2000s. And it's almost, like, also a parody of his own movies. Hmm. And so, that's the thing. The movie is fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. But I think he made it terrible on purpose. Because you're watching and you're like... How could James Wan make this movie? Because he's made some of the best horror movies of the last decade. Yeah, like The Conjuring, mm, Insidious, Insidious, Saw, yeah. Dead Silence. Yep, that's another um, Could go on from there. But this movie, like, I, I do truly think he made a bad movie on purpose. And to that, to me, is interesting. Because it wasn't really marketed like that. It was marketed like a I legit hear. horror movie. Um but also, like, okay, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't really know what it's about. Which is, which is it. interesting. I'm a huge James Wan fan. I don't know why I was just stubborn and didn't go well, see the Just wait, just wait. But I'm thinking, because there's a demon that's in this, right? This, this well, I'm not, not going to give anything Whatever. Away. Anyways. Well, I don't know. I'm just thinking maybe it was just, like, this demon has to result in, like, like trickery. Like, you know, I, I don't fucking you, know. Don't worry. I okay. want you to watch the movie because... I think that it got a lot of bad reviews because I think a lot of people weren't really sure if this was actually a bad movie or if this is, like, almost a bad movie on purpose. Interesting. Okay, well, then, there we go. 2022, I need to watch the movie Malignant. I'll watch it with you. It's 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 interesting. Interesting. Cool. Um, Thanks. Okay, so I guess that's it. Should we just go to our number ones? I have a feeling we have the same number one. Oh, I'm almost shit. 100% certain. We, we do the certain. same shit every year. <laughs> I, I swear. You know, okay, so we're married now, guys. Um... And I feel like, you know, our brains have just kind of mushed together into one. Okay, so why don't I say it first? Can and we do a three, two, one? Of our, our yeah, yeah, one. yeah. I love doing this. Okay. Okay, 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 We do this thing where we count like three, two, one, and then we just say whatever it At is the that same we time. do. Okay, okay. I'm ready. Okay, ready? Number one horror. Okay, are we doing 20. three, two, one, then saying it, or three, two, one, go, then saying it? Three, two, one, then saying it. Okay, okay, okay. Ready? You go. Okay. Three, two, one. Midnight, Midnight mass. mass. Boom. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, what? High five! I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> you because we think the exact same. Our, our past three have been the same. Yeah. Our top three were the exact Isn't same. That, wasn't that the same last year? I think last year we had the exact same three, but it was not in the same order. Okay, okay, yeah, I think you're right. Oh, that's funny! <laughs> you know what? The longer we stay together, we really are the, the same person. Yeah, wow. Okay, so Midnight Mass. This is one we did not do a podcast episode on it, and I, I kind of wish we had, yeah. and we still I mean, could. Yeah. So let's talk about you. Why don't you go first, Marlon? Why was Midnight Mass your number one of okay. 2021? First of first all. First off, it's not a movie. No. It's a it's, TV sh- limited series on Netflix. TV show. So first of all, it's directed by none other than Mike Flanagan. And written. And written. So already off the bat, the, the precedence is very high for me and tough to beat. So, um... Mike Flanagan, he also directed Haunting of Hill House, um, Doctor Sleep as well. Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. Hush. Yeah, you you name it. Like, this guy's established. He's good. I really like this because it was just... I I feel like I'm using this word so much, but, like, interesting. And very (laughs) Stephen King-like. Yeah, Um, if I could just jump in real quick. 
uh, the way I described it to people when I got was trying to get them to watch it, because this was my most recommended thing I was recommending to people. This series, to me, is the best TV series ever made that's based on a Stephen King book that's not actually based on a Stephen King book. Yes, it almost feels like um, like Salem's Lot. Like, um, yeah, like Salem's Lot. Yeah. Uh, mixed in with, I don't know... What other almost like the stand shit. in a way? Yes, but then also like like the town of Derry and it, the stories, yes. and it's like yeah. There's like obviously a lot of common themes there, and which makes sense because like obviously you know uh, Mike Flanagan, like huge Stephen King fan, likes worked with him in the past, like all this shit. So what's interesting to me also is this is actually and he Mike Flanagan said this, and I watched this interview with him. This was actually the first thing he's directed in I think like five years that it was just something he made up. This was his story, his, like, thing that he directed. It's not based on anything. Because mm-hmm. so much of his stuff has either been, like, the Stephen King stuff or, like, The Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor, all based on books. Yeah. So seeing his own kind of vision was interesting. But then also seeing how he is inspired by those different things. Yes. And he takes it and he makes them his own, right? Yes, absolutely. I also really enjoy um, Mike Flanagan's work because he... He has a lot of longer takes, yes. which is, like, so, so, like, amazing to watch because you're just thinking about, like, how much prep had to go into the actors and actresses, like, preparing for this shit because, like, it's it's long takes. Like, it's not, like, a, a minute or two. It's, it's like, like five, five ten, ten minutes. minutes of just solid filming, so it's almost like live acting in a way, and just the way he's shooting you know, certain scenes. Like, I I just think of um, the scene where... I can't remember who was talking, but it was on the beach. I think it was the sheriff, maybe? The sheriff and the mayor or something. Yeah. And they were just going around, like, in circles. And I was just like, it's so interesting. Because you almost feel like you're a part of the conversation. And the thing I like about that, and I was going to mention that too, is that the long takes... They're not just fun to look at, but they also, like, work thematically because a lot of this series is also based on really long monologues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think thematically it works because, I mean, the main thing about this series that it's exploring is the ideas of faith and belief and belief in a higher power, but also what it means to believe in yourself mm-hmm. and self-identity. And the idea that, like, these kinds of things, when you're dealing with something like the main character is dealing with, like, addiction but then also guilt based on something you did. Yeah. It's not like a process that you can just quickly get over in one day. It's it's a it's a journey. It's a long journey and it takes time and it takes processing and takes conversation and stuff. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of those long monologues and long takes kind of thematically go into that as well. Uh, 100%, 100%. And just like, you know, the cast the cast who we selected, I mean, one member who was, like, you know, a major role in, in this series was uh, his wife. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's just a brilliant actress and just, I, it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. I just, I love his work so much. I, I can't even, I can't even, you know, express it fully. One thing that I've heard a lot. <sighs> is people who didn't like the ending? Is people who didn't like the show. Oh, yeah. In general. I mean, primarily we've asked a, a lot of people in, in your family, and I've asked some people from work, and it's like, yeah, I wasn't really feeling it. I'm like, what? I think what? It's because, <laughs> I think that's because it is a slower show. I will say that. But I think but to me that's But that's what makes fine. it good. Well, yes, I think for us, but I don't think everybody likes that. Like, it's a very meditative. 
it is about like this whole town, this whole a lot of different characters, but at the same time, it's very like inwardly focused, and it's focused on inner lives that you don't always give out to the public, and meaning behind meaning. Um, so I think like because of that slowness, a lot, it turns a lot of people off. But I think for me and you, we appreciate that because I love a good it builds hair. up yeah. to stuff, and I think that's for me. That's actually what makes the ending. I really enjoyed the ending, the yeah. last like two episodes, because it felt like a payoff. It felt like okay, now I know all these characters. I care about them. Even the bad guys, I kind of care about them in some ways, except for that one girl. Um, oh wait, because Beverly, you under- the like the lady, the, the religious lady. Yeah, yeah. fuck that girl. Uh, because you understand their motives and you because you've taken the time to get to know them and it all works and even like the main villain as i feel like in many ways kind of the main character of the show is the priest uh i can't remember his name uh sing monsignor Monsignor doyle or something something like that i don't know he is fantastic oh a hundred what else was he in he's in a lot of stuff i looked him up afterwards like nothing i could specifically name that i was like oh yeah i remember him in that but just like a lot of little things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, pl- I think he played that character perfectly yeah and even though he is kind of in many ways the villain of the piece he but he, he doesn't really, really feel like the villain no. and you very much sympathize with him and you very much understand that he's trying to do good right and thing. you and he's trying to do what he thinks is the right thing right well yeah because like this whole show is based around like you know like miracles and stuff and like i mean I'm gonna spoil it, guys. So just you pause okay. Yeah, if you haven't watched yeah. Midnight Mass, we definitely recommend you go watch it. Uh, but we are gonna spoil it. But if you have, just keep watching. Yeah, or keep listening. So this dude is like essentially like a vampire in yeah. a way, and like he's relying on like sacrifices and stuff like that, so that way he can have the the energy and strength to like perform these miracles, and. Uh, can't remember where I was going with this thought, but like, it's just like I don't even know where I was going. He's, I'm he's sorry. Trying, he's basically <laughs> trying to give these people eternal life. Yes, because the idea that like, and this is like an idea throughout the show of like, also what does it mean to sin? Because the main character is a is an he was an alcoholic who killed a woman while driving drunk, um, and then it's like, well, does this sin essentially stain your soul? And like, what happens when you die if you are a believer? Do you go to heaven? Because you repented, or do you go to hell because you did this terrible thing? And yeah, he's true. almost trying to take away that, you know, that fear in people. He's like, we don't have to yes. worry about hell because, you know, we can live forever on earth. Yes, exactly. Now I kind of remember where I was going at. So this guy, even though he's like a vampire, um, like he's still like a good guy. Mm-hmm. Like I really wouldn't even say like he's like the villain, mm-hmm. even when he's like straight up murdering people. Like there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. If I had to think of a straight up villain. It's the lady. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. Like, I, I don't even think the vampire's bad. Like, I think this woman is just off her rocker. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an amazing show, and I think it was really effective for me. And again, because I'm a, I'm a sucker for, like, also, like, conversations about religion and things like that, which this show is all about. And I think it was also interesting, because we started watching at a time when we also started going back to church a few times. Mm-hmm. And then wrestling with that. Because it was a show that wasn't necessarily like anti or pro-religion. It was just, religion this is as what a it whole. is. Yeah. and how It has it, good and bad things. And how it like has the ability to like shape a community. Or, in, or in tear good them, and bad yeah, ways. Yeah, or tear yeah. them apart. And it's um, like, 
Which is true. Like, it's very reflective of what religion is in modern society. And like, it captures a lot of my feelings about religion in the sense that I do want to get back to religion more, but I do have both positive and negative feelings towards it. Well, uh, yes, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, there, there are some aspects for religion that, like, I mean, I believe in, but then there's aspects to religion that, like, it's just really not for me. Like, what I'm trying to say is, I don't agree with the entirety of the mm-hmm. specific religion that, like, I believe in. But I think that's okay because it's, like, I think you can pick and choose what works for you and what you want to believe. And I think everybody wrestles with that, which the show deals with. Yes. But that... And exactly. Like, that's the thing. Like, even if you're to think of, like, some of the the main characters, like, yes, they are religious people. They believe in God and all that stuff. But they're not going to accept what the priest is saying by, like, like sacrifice and blah, blah, blah. Because mm-hmm. it's just going too extreme. And also, I think that even though this does mostly focus on the Catholic faith, they do also bring in a Muslim character. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, seeing that dichotomy was interesting. And, I, I don't know, it was just really, really well done. Really well written. Really well acted. Really well directed as well, like we talked about the long takes. But also just the way it looked. like Because yes. it was essentially set in this island town. And I think the way it looks and, and everything was presented really well, it looks old and weathered. It looks like it's been around there for a long time. Um, Everybody's set in their ways. And there was a lot of actually legit scary moments, I think, with the vampire. Because there's essentially the head main lead, not the priest, but there's essentially like a master who's like a straight up monster. And there's a lot of really scary moments with him. And I think the design of him looks really interesting. And there's a lot of visually interesting shots with the main vampire in it so i think mm-hmm. yeah and also i think this movie is quite like gory as well like you know me i like like a good gore fest mm-hmm. yeah I, I really like that and then there's just like certain scenes that like aren't necessarily designed to be like jump out scary but are like actually scary if you think about it one of the scenes i think of is with um I can't remember what her name is, but Mike Flanagan's wife. So she's pregnant at the time, and then her Mm -hmm. baby just goes missing. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, just thinking, as a woman, I'm like, holy shit, can you imagine if that happened? Mm -hmm. Like, that's probably the scariest thing that could ever happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I like that. I like that kind of real life fear. Because, yeah, going back to the idea that miracles are not miracles for everybody. Um,. Yeah. Also, now that I think about it as well, it also has big time exorcist vibes as well. Like, yes. The idea that there's a priest, he goes to the Middle East, he brings back something terrible, and then they have to contend with it based on religion and stuff like that. So yeah, it's yes. like it's like Stephen King mashup with um, the Exorcist. Mm-hmm. That's this movie. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like Mike Flanagan hits out of the park almost every single time. I don't know. This guy, what I want to know what he eats for breakfast. Because, I think the only thing that, like, wow, the I, only thing of his that I don't really like is the is Bly Manor. Yes, even yes. though there was that one episode I really enjoyed, the black and white. Like, one. here's here's the thing. What I would say about Bly Manor. So, if we're just gonna rant about it, because I read it, it was based off the the turning of the shrew, right? Screw, S- shrew, screw, the turning of the shrew, turning of the screw. It's the screw. No, fuck, where's my phone? <laughs> Jesus. Where, where's my phone? I'm gonna Google it's this shit. It's the screw. No, it's not, Yes, dude. it is. Turning of the shrew. 
<laughs> Are you dumb? It's turning of the screw. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, guys, I'm stupid. Okay, you're right, I'm wrong. Anyways, turning of the screw. Fucking stupid book. I hated that book so much. I was angry. I was angry. I, I like and appreciate older gothic novels, but this one was stupid. It was Turning of the Shrew. I can't remember. Did you read Hell House, too? No, I, I haven't. Okay. Maybe it was just, like, the, the author. Mm-hmm. Henry um, James. Yeah. But anyways, like, Blind Manor sucked, so, like... But that... I, I feel like he didn't have as much involvement in that one. Yeah. But again, there was that one episode that I really liked, the black and white one. Anyways, yes. uh, yeah, Midnight Mass, 100% recommend it. Even though people have said they don't like it, I think you just have to be patient with it and understand that the scenes are important, even if it is just character stuff. It's like, it is like a Stephen King novel in that sense is that some, most, a lot of the novels is just learning about these characters and getting to know their real lives. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like it. Definitely would recommend number one pick of 2021. Exactly. Yes. So we have the exact same three. Top three. Wow. Um, Why do we even bother doing these? We should just be like, this is a summary from Connor and Marlena. We have the same list. Should we quickly uh, recap what our top five are? Yes, I think we should. Okay. All right. So maybe we'll do your top five, my top five. Sure. So on, so on. So my top five, number five was Candyman. Number four was The Night House. Mm -hmm. Number three was Willy's Wonderland. Number two is Fear Street. Just all of them. And number one was Midnight Mass. Nice. For me, it was number five was the the movie Old. Uh, Number four was the Netflix series, The Cecil Hotel. Number three was Willy's Wonderland. Number two was the series Fear Street. And number one was Midnight Mass, which is also on Netflix. So a lot of Netflix shows. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. That is actually interesting that our top two were both Netflix series, not even movies. Well, maybe because for majority of the year, everything was available to us on Netflix. <laughs> Again, going back to the idea of this, it was a kind of weird, topsy-turvy year. Yeah. Um, okay, so one of the things that we always do, well, one of the things we always do during these episodes, is there any movies this year that really disappointed do you? Get, yes. And I think we, well, we have the same one, but that would probably be the most disappointing, Okay, right? okay, can we, can we do three, two, one this? For their most disappointing? Yeah. Okay, ready? Okay. Even though I think we both know it. Listen to me, okay? Three, two, one. Halloween, Halloween kills. kills. <laughs> Fucking hate that movie. It should not exist. <laughs> I am triggered. I am so angry. I ranted about this stupid movie to everyone at work. <laughs> Nobody even understands what I'm talking about, but I was mad. I did not like this movie. It's pretty bad. So bad. What other movies suck this year? Um... um Quiet Place 2. Yeah. I was really disappointed by. Really, nothing really happened in that movie. I I was really also, I know you, well, we saw this at the same drive-in. I guess it was a really disappointing drive-in, even though you (laughs) fell asleep for the second one. But the new Conjury, like a new, the third Conjury movie came out this year. I feel like nobody talked about it because (laughs) it wasn't that good. Well, yeah, so fell asleep during Quiet Place 2 and uh, Conjury. It was probably, honestly, it might have been the, I feel like the worst of all the Conjuring verse movies, including like all the Annabelle and Nun movies, that might have been the worst one. It was I, not good. I feel like when you have just so many movies about basically the same thing, kind of losing its luster. Well, and maybe that's why he did a whatever stupid thing with Malignant. Mm-hmm. Um, I really can't. Well, we watched like other movies like Saint Mode. Like that one was like okay. I guess. What about um? 
One that I, I never really got your real opinions on. I don't know if this was a disappointment. I thought it was fine. I guess I was expecting more. What do you think of Godzilla vs. Kong? Because that wasn't on either of our lists. That was a oh, no honorable mention. I like, can't even remember it. If like, it was, it was okay. That's the one where they go to, like, the island, right? Skull Island and then no. Godzilla's there. No. That's with the one where they end up fighting Mecha Godzilla at the end. Oh. <laughs> well, we know it's really great <laughs> if I can, <laughs> can't remember it. <laughs> and I like Godzilla, too. Yeah. Like, fuck. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think... I think yeah, and I mean, there's Halloween like, Kills would be my main one. Yeah, I think that's the one that got me the most angry. Like, there's other ones that I can't even really remember. There was a new Saw movie that came out this year that wasn't very good. <sighs> you know what? You just... Okay, these, these directors just need to leave it be. Why are you fiddling with something that's already good? Just leave it be. The first... Well, if we're talking about Saw, first three... You don't need any of the extra bullshit. You've never, you've never seen any of them except exactly. for the first three. Exactly. That's why I'm so passionate. Because I like them. I don't want to pollute my brain with bullshit. But would you see four and five and six? Fuck that. And seven? No. I don't want to. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, like, I'm going to go back to what I said right at the beginning of this podcast. I definitely feel like 2021 was a year of diversity in terms of the moves that I've seen. As well as them being unique and interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I had a good mix of everything. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, anything you're looking forward to next year? I feel like it might be... We might maybe a little bit... Once the 2022 has been in full swing for a few months, we might do a more in-depth preview episode. But just off the top of your head, anything you're looking forward to next year? Oh my god. I can't... I don't even know what's coming out. Well, a few ones, a few highlights. Um, a few of the bigger ones... Uh, well, right away in January, the new Scream movie comes out. Okay. So that's one I'm looking forward to. In February, there's a new Texas Chainsaw movie coming out. Okay. Um, what about Halloween? And then, yeah, there's going to be the Halloween Ends, the final Oh my god. One. It better be good. You know why? <laughs> because I actually really, really enjoyed the 2018 version. Yeah. I really liked that movie, and I was thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> When I saw the second one, I almost felt like I wanted to walk out of the theater. I was like, this is stupid. So, they better not screw around. Number three better be, you know, hitting it home run. So, no messing yeah. around. Um, on the non-horror front, any other non-horror movies that you want to shout out that you really like this year? Oh, fuck. Um, I mean, my personal favorite movie of the year, not horror... I mean, it is my favorite, If even if you were to include horror, it was one we just saw last week, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, that was good. That was probably my favorite movie That was good. Year. I mean, okay, I, I don't like when people ask me this question because, like, I can't, I, I, I have to, I can't even remember what I did, like, <laughs> ten minutes ago, so this is just too much for me. Okay, alright, then I won't, I won't torment you anymore. Alright, so that was our best top of- five best horror media because it was a lot of different stuff it was a lot of it's documentaries lot of TV, shows. tv shows series and a few movies um of 2021 wow okay i you know what this past year has gone by so quickly <laughs> i really can't believe and i don't think i fully embrace that it's the end of december because i remember doing this exact same podcast a year ago yep like what? What happened in the world? <laughs> I 
don't feel like any. I mean, well, we saw some horror movies. We saw some horror movies and we got married this year. That's literally it. The main things. Wow. Um. All right. Yeah. So that's it, guys. Um, that's it. That's all you get. So Marlena, where can they find us? Okay, guys. Jeez, you're young. Yeah, right. Marlena, this is bedtime. We gotta cap it, guys. <laughs> um. Holy fuck! Where can you find us? Um. We haven't done one of these in a yeah, while. Yeah, clearly I'm just forgetful. <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, all under the six spooky handle Spook Notes. If you have any questions, comments, and hopefully no concerns, you can shoot us up an email at spooknotes at gmail.com. Tell us what your top five. That's right. Let us know what you think. Let us know if our opinions are trash. Let us know what your top five of the year. Yeah. Every oh, year. Absolutely. Yeah. Let us know who you are. And what makes you happy and what brings you joy in this world. <laughs> Alright. Um, it's been a slice. Yep. Uh, I'm going to make this joke already. See you in 2022. No. no. Wait, you See you next year. Yeah. Oh. Well, this is the dad. This is the only dad joke well, this I have. Is the, this is the joke that every teacher oh. tells their class um, before Christmas break. See you next year. See you next year, guys. <laughs> and as always... Don't, Don't forget, forget to, to cite the spook, spook notes. notes. Bye. Bye.